Hi everyone, welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast, episode 150 today. I'd like to start off with uh, one of my favorite kinds of emails, which is um, one of the emails after the, uh, or comments rather, after the uh, foundation course, phase five, or intermediate or soon to be advanced course, like after one of those big milestones, people send a message. And usually at this point, when they do send these messages, they are sort of um, having a breakthrough of some kind or or they're looking over at their progress and they're just in that moment of um, feeling very positive and, and you really get that from these sorts of messages. So um, it's Tammy Liu, who's been with us for a, a little while now. Uh, and this is at the end of the foundation course at phase five where it's... Uh, uh, you finished the phase five would be level 36. So that means that you're reading stories, you're starting to build the foundation upon which to you know, develop further skill. And you're ready to start really using tutors and um, really your your the snowballs just starting to really get moving. Um, uh, so let's look at what Tammy has to say. She says, I'm super excited to reach this milestone in my Mandarin learning journey. It's been amazing to see the progress from the beginning, where I could barely recognize any words and barely read sentences, to now where I can read entire stories. It really hit me that this was working when I was able to read my family's wasting messages without a dictionary and also reply without a dictionary. I've been dreaming of this moment for years and now I'm here and more excited than ever to continue on to the intermediate course. I'm so glad that MB was able to keep me excited to learn, as I think that's a big missing factor in so many other courses. Though I also really paced myself by taking one year and one month to get here. That's a good pace. That's a solid pace. The important thing is consistency. Do you do, you do something every day? Uh, so it doesn't matter how long it takes you, as long as you're having fun, and you do something every day. That's the two things that we require. Mandarin Blueprint is so good that I wish that I had something similar for other languages I want to learn. Opportunity for expansion, maybe? Thank you, Luke and Phil, for the course, for keeping us motivated, for helping, for really helping change so many people's experiences with language learning and Mandarin. Well, thank you, Tammy, for that just great message. Um, and congratulations on your progress. Well done. That's all from your own hard work building that foundation over this last year or so. Um, yeah, like so what? Some people it takes, uh, I mean, there are some people that have finished the foundation course in um, less than a month, <laughs> you know. Um, and there are some people that have been on it for two years and are still working their way through it at their own pace. Um, and that's fine. You know, either way is fine. It is not a race. It's about enjoying the journey. So take as long as you like. One thing that does tend to happen is people do tend to, once they get into it, they tend to get kind of addicted and they just keep, keep going, keep getting faster and faster with it, putting more and more time into it, um, especially towards the end. Uh, so let me, let us know any more developments you have. Uh, I always like to hear about this because uh, Tammy has Chinese a Chinese family um, that she can now start connecting with more on a deeper level, which is so cool. Whether you're you know whether you have a Chinese spouse or you know parents, brothers, sisters, whatever it is, 
uh, really makes a huge difference. So especially connecting with that older generation who are always kind of a little bit, they might not say it, but they're always kind of a little bit disappointed when they come to, they come to a Western country to settle down. Um, you know, I'm sure they enjoy certain aspects of that lifestyle, but they, 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 when they're doing their children don't, um, aren't as, let's just say, they have a deep knowledge of the language, as deep a knowledge as they do, sort of lose connection to that culture. It is disappointing, you know. Um, so, uh, not to say, well, not to say that they're disappointed in you. It's just disappointing that fact, you know. It's just, oh, I want my, I want sort of the best of both worlds. I want to be, be here and enjoy what I enjoy about this country, but also, I want to sort of maintain my culture and my heritage through my children. Um, I know this obviously because I know quite a few people, uh, Chinese people, Chinese families that have settled down in foreign countries. Um, so what you're doing here, Tammy, is just fantastic. I'm sure you already realize that. Uh, your parents are just going to be so happy about this. Uh, already are, probably. Um, yeah, so that's, that's one thing. Also, uh, one thing you said at the end here, uh, some of the other languages I want to learn. Yeah, we've been asked this many times. People are like, you should do this for English, you should do this for, you know, all sorts of different languages. Um, I, I'm definitely open to it. Definitely open to it. Maybe starting off with something close to Chinese, at least in the written format, such as Japanese. Maybe just sort of transitioning there, doing sort of, because it would, it would translate much, much better and, and, easier what with the character learning method and things like that uh, and that would also give us a sort of an opportunity to cover traditional characters at the same time because Japanese uses a lot of traditional characters so uh, that could be a good stepping stone towards that two birds with one stone and who knows maybe down the line we've got um, Spanish blueprint who knows um, but right now we're just going to stick with Chinese it's a big enough project as it is um, solve the Chinese problem <laughs> and then maybe we'll move on to other languages later but uh, well done Tammy again please do stay in touch keep us updated next is George Johnston by email it says hi Luke and Phil thanks for your email uh, maybe I'll do um, a more complete review when I finish phase two but here are a few observations for now before starting out with the hands and moving method, I was aware of the memory techniques used, so I didn't doubt that they could work. But I did have doubts about whether they were right methods for me. Now I'm convinced. Yeah, that's really common. Um, people, <clears throat> it's, it's kind of tough. Some people, some people get scared away by the idea of creating memory palaces in their mind and say, oh, I don't have a good imagination, I can't do that. I'm sure we've lost a lot of potential customers just from the, the idea of that because um, it's just such a new way of learning something for a lot of people. But what most people don't realize is there's actually it's a skill that anyone could learn. Uh, even people with uh, certain certain issues where, with visualization, there's something called aphantasia where you cannot imagine or find it difficult to imagine things visually, even if you can't do that. You can still visualize just using other senses. Um, but uh, even people without that problem, they just lack confidence and it's like, oh, okay, maybe I'll, I'll go with something else. Um, 
So we're always thinking of new ways to sort of ease people into it. Uh, if anyone has any ideas, let me know. Uh, so George continues, I'm now partway through phase two. I think that at the very beginning of characters course, that's phase one, uh, I was a little disappointed because I had mistakenly thought that simply creating the movie would magically fix it in my head. I now realize that it's a combination of the initial creative process followed by the flashcard reviews that fully implants the movie. Yes, uh, it's like you learn the movie, you learn the character or the word or whatever it is that you're learning, uh, whichever stage you're at, and you immediately go and review it when your session is over. That's, that's absolutely key. Um, <clears throat> because uh, no matter how good your memory is of something, you're eventually going to forget it from almost you know for most things so so yeah especially when you just learned it as well even if you learn it in a really cool way with all these different visual mnemonics um it was still it's very quickly sort of leaving your brain until you gotta you know, get in there early and do the first couple of reviews it might be useful to video a comparison of two people learning the same set of characters one by traditional rote learning the other using movie method so as so to use as promotional material to help overcome potential initial resistance to your weird but wonderful method well there you go there's a good there's a good suggestion right there um i don't often read these messages before <laughs> so um so yeah that's actually very cool uh, it could be good to do that i already kind of done that experiment hundreds of times but do I can actually film that um, would be a good idea I think although I'm still going through characters I mostly know obviously George has learned Chinese before there are many gaps in my knowledge <laughs> quote unquote especially tones and some character components I really appreciate how with the movie method frequently just one prompt it might be a prop a set or an actor is enough to bring the whole movie to mind and thus all the information relating to that character, the initial, the final, the tone, the meaning, the components, etc. I'm assuming that later on, when I really do know a character, the movie becomes less important as recall becomes more automatic and effortless. But the movies will always be there as a backup. This is exactly right. Yes, uh, not only do you, yes, you're right, because of the way these visual mnemonics are created, they create like a web, a network of memories, not just one sort of section in your brain. It's like a, a network connecting to all your senses and uh, uh, past memories and things like that. So if you forget, if one of the part, one part of the network goes dead, uh, which does happen sometimes, you forget the prop, you forget the certain aspect of the scene. Remembering any of the other parts sort of brings brings everything else back to life again. Um, reinvigorates it uh, yes and eventually something that will naturally happen is that almost all your scenes will be forgotten all of them almost there'll be always a, a handful that will just stay with you forever no matter what because of various reasons but yeah and that's kind of the goal we don't need we don't want to you know we don't want to have to rely on the character it just sorry the scene just the character just becomes a part of you and you see that and, oh that's how you write it oh you write it you say, oh that's what that means um without having to go into your auntie's bathroom <laughs> and reimagine the scene 
these are just stepping stones, bridges to your long-term memory. So yes, you're absolutely right. They'll be, but they, but again, they will be there as a backup when you do forget that character. You can uh, go back to it. He said, my imagination has come to life and my movie making is certainly getting quicker. Where my early movies often show the keyword in an utterance of the actor, I'm increasingly able to express the keyword in visual form or through action, which is more memorable. So my movies seem to work, although I'm not going to be winning any Oscars. That's fine. Some of my movies might be considered for Monty Python sketches, and there's also quite a few X-rated ones as well. That's fine as well, you know, a bit of violence, etc. Um, um, yeah, that's, that's completely normal. And, uh, you know, they don't need to be... In fact, I would not recommend trying to make them Oscar-worthy because it's just a waste of time um, and energy. You could learn, you know, 10 characters in the space of... You know, 10 Monty Python characters, let's say, in the space of one Oscar-worthy one. So much, much better doing, and they're both just as effective. So I've been going through, I've been through the video lessons for the pronunciation course twice, and now I'm just continuing with the Anki reviews for that, as well as the two additional decks for tone pairs and minimal pairs. I'm looking forward to slightly more meaningful practice working with full sentences. Yeah, that's definitely worth looking forward to. Uh, you get full sentences and you also get um, eventually paragraphs and unlock full stories. Not, of course, you don't need flashcards for those, but it's all part of the same content. I know that you recommend leaving writing for later and limit writing practice to handwriting the character with each movie review in Anki. I find that is enough for reinforce, reinforcing stroke order and often I just write on the table with my finger for that. But I find that I need additional practice to really establish the muscle memory and a feel for the relative position and proportions of the camp components in the written characters, which is what is going to lead to nice handwriting. So I make myself a practice writing sheet at the end of each level and use that for daily practice until I move on to the next level. I'm trying to do as much foundation building for writing as I'm doing with pronunciation work as a foundation for spoken output later. I know this is perhaps not for everyone, but I enjoy, in quotes, it, especially when my characters begin to look halfway decent. It is very satisfying, <laughs> writing characters by hand. I never used the square paper, which is, but that's a very good idea. Not using it, if you're going to write characters, you should use the square paper, like native Chinese people would do. With writing, I think it's partly the challenge that appeals to me. Nobody really writes by hand that much anymore. Yes, that's true. And I know my English handwriting has deteriorated. To think I used to write, to handwrite my university essays back then. Yeah, it's just unthinkable, isn't it, at the moment? I think I mentioned in one of my community comments that when I started Mandarin Blueprint, I dropped nearly all of my other study activities to focus on MB. I'm only continuing my extensive listening and reading. There were a lot of activities and it was becoming a bit of a chore to remember and manage all of them. As a result, for now, MB is more like a holiday. I'm certainly studying in a much more relaxed way than I was before and that can only be good. I think that's about it for the moment. I feel, feel free to quote any of this you want. And as I said, I'll hopefully write a more detailed Google review at the end of phase two or perhaps a little way into phase three. Thanks for putting this course together and all the best, Bao Zhong, which means take care. So thank you very much there, George. Uh, it sounds like you have, your instincts are completely on, on point about this course and about learning Chinese and generally all aspects of this process. You seem to have, like, I can't, I don't want to correct you on anything. It looks like you're, you've got everything right.
in my opinion. Um, and, you know, writing by hand, doing things your own way, um, that's, that's, I think that's a good idea to practice that handwriting. I did it a lot and I did it to the point where um, my characters did look pretty good, you know. Um, and that's not because you have to. It's just because I, I found it really satisfying. It is very satisfying to write characters well. Um, so, yes, as long as you're enjoying it and it's, it's working, that's the way to go. So, yeah, please, again, just like with Tammy, please uh, keep us updated um, on any breakthroughs. And please take your time with that review. It, I think the longer you take with the review, the more of the course you do before giving your review, the better. Um, I don't take too long. <laughs> you can always give several edits and updates. Uh, a lot of people like to do that, actually. Sort of like finish the foundation or finish phase two, three, give a review, and then after the foundation, sort of add a, add a paragraph, update it, edit it, and then go back with the advanced course, uh, intermediate course, etc. Keep sort of adding to that review. So that's, that's a really cool one to do. Next is uh, Lauren uh, Gathman. And uh, she just, I thought I'd put this in because it's a, it's a question I think a lot of people have uh, looking at our course from the outside. And uh, Lauren says, is this method useful if you're already at a lower intermediate level and can read graded readers? So essentially, are you an, you've already got quite a foundation in the language. Is this, you know, Mandarin Blueprint is clearly designed to get you from zero to, you know, uh, upper intermediate and soon to be very advanced once we expand the course later on, hopefully later on this year. Um, <clears throat> So the answer is yes, in short. Um, but uh, if you're an intermediate learner, you know it, it, it's so varied depending on what you've been using up to, up to this point, whether you're self-study, university, what apps, websites you've been using, what process you've taken. Did you focus on pronunciation? A lot of people miss that. Did you learn any characters? A lot of people don't do that. So a lot of people consider themselves intermediate um, but they're not really because they can't read. Lauren looks like she can read, so that's fantastic. She's uh, she's got a good foundation. She's sort of gone about it the right way uh, by learning to read uh, the right way, in our opinion. Um, and uh, she says, uh, yeah. So when if you're if you already have a foundation of, I'm guessing a few hundred characters. Coming into Mandarin Blueprint at first might seem a bit slow because you're learning like the number one in Chinese, you know, just horizontal line, number 10, you know, you're learning all these basic characters. But what, what we always suggest for intermediate learners is you work your way through the course until you've learned the key techniques involved in the system. So um, once you've mastered the hands and moving method, our visual mnemonics memory palace technique for learning Chinese characters, then you move on to, uh, and then you can just start skipping any characters you like that you know for sure. You can write them, you can recognize them, you know the pronunciation, skip that character. Okay, so same goes for learning words. You know, once you've got the hang of the mnemonic technique for creating mnemonics, which we'll demonstrate in this podcast and every podcast, and you'll find that if you do it this way, if you just once you've mastered the techniques, you skip over the characters and words you know, you'll very quickly, uh, not only will you, because our order that we present the characters and words is, is very unique 
Um, it's based on real frequencies. There's a lot of words and characters that will come up the early, which you maybe don't know. But once you've, um, but very quickly, if you do it this way, you'll get to the point where you'll, you know, you'll get a few hundred characters and words in very quickly. Uh, so you'll, you know, so there's there's an initial process that that's uh, a bit of a learning curve and um, might feel a bit slow, but it's way worth it in the end because our course will eventually get you to 3,000 characters, you know, all the words that comes with that HSK, the new HSK 9 pass. Um, but it's just that initial part that's a bit slow. But um, overall, in the long term, absolutely. If you're in this for the long haul and you want to learn Chinese the real way, then yes, uh, go for it. If you're an intermediate learner, even if you know a thousand characters or whatever, still go for it. Highly recommended. And there's also a bunch of long form content as well. It's not just about learning characters. Um, that's the thing I guess that we're becoming most known for, but we're actually more and more becoming something more like Chairman's Bow. You know, we don't have anywhere near as much much articles right now, but that's sort of our next phase. Once we've built out the course, the skeleton of the course, I like to call it. Uh, just building out the character order and the words, which we're still doing at, this, at the point of recording. Um, then we're going to start adding more and more uh, reading and listening content to that skeleton. I guess you call it the flesh of the skeleton. The, the, the yeah. So lots more to come. There's already a lot there. Next is uh, Lynn Ford. Uh, this is another one of my favorite. Uh, I just love these kind of. Uh, wow, I can do this now, sort of messages. <clears throat> so Lynn, Lynn, Lynn is at the point where she's looking at sentences. So here's a bit of feedback from her. She says, so we have been getting these stories sentence, sentence by sentence, and I just unlocked the sentence. Naren, you're sure? So the, the boy said, Actually, these three seeds are dead. They don't, they're just dead seeds. They can't grow any flowers. So the, the oldest son and the second son. So this, uh, the, you kind of have to know the story, really. It's kind of by context. But basically, um, the, they, the, they, they cheated me. My, the, the first son and the second son cheated me. They switched the seeds to cheat me. Then uh, she... So the third son chose to be honest. So he didn't have any flowers. So it's a story that you can unlock by actually going through. I'm not going to explain the story right here. It's just an old Chinese story. It's quite cool. It's all about honesty. You probably guess what it's about by that, by that little, little hint there. So Lin just says, mind blown. I just yelled out loud, oh my God, the seeds were dead the whole time. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. A total drama. So much tea to unlock this morning. <laughs> also super clever of the father, lol. These stories are fun to unlock this way. Yeah, that's interesting. I never, that's the first comment because um, the key to the Mandarin Blueprint method is that you never learn anything that you're not ready for. Or, you know, sorry, you never see anything. You're not asked or required to learn anything that you don't have a full foundation 
in order to learn. So for example, you never learn a character until you've learned all the components for that character. You never learn a word until you've learned both or all the words for that particular word. You never see a sentence until you learn almost all. We're, we're eventually going to get to all, but at least, you know, no more than one that you don't know, one character that you don't know in that sentence. So you're ready to read it and understand the message. And the same goes for stories. You never see a story until you've seen all the paragraphs. You never see a paragraph until you've seen all the sentences and you can understand them. So it's kind of this process. And you don't actually get to see the full stories until way into the course. Phase four, five, uh, you start unlocking this longer form content. So before you get there, like phase three, phase four, you're looking at individual sentences of full stories that you'll unlock later. Um, so what Lynn is saying, like sort of getting fed the story and it's not even in order, actually, it's, it's in order of when you're ready to see the sentence, not in order of the actual, uh, story itself. So you're kind of getting these little snippets of a story, um, th uh, for many levels. And then finally you unlock the whole thing later. So Lynn is just saying she likes that feeling of like getting little parts of the paragraph of a story and sort of piecing it together as she goes. So, and that's the first time I've seen a comment about that. So I, that's really interesting and fun to see as well. I'm glad that you enjoy that uh, process, Lynn. Um, <laughs> that's, that's really cool. Thanks. Next is John Nomura, who's commenting uh, on a movie lesson here. And he's actually talking to Keith, who's, uh, he's, if you've been following our podcast, he's been, um, He's been uh, quite prevalent, and I, we've also uh, I've done a I've released on YouTube a uh, interview with him. Uh, unfortunately, because of my own uh, well, it's just my internet really. We lost the last five minutes of the interview, but it's still a fantastic interview with lots of great information. And uh, Keith has basically gone from very beginner, not zero level, but uh, less than HSK one. Like couldn't past the HSK one for sure to being able to pass the HSK three in nine weeks, which is highly impressive. Um, and that's all pretty much through our course. So, uh, <laughs> Keith was learning a hundred characters a day. And in fact, me and Phil both did that, but we couldn't do that for very long. We did that for like a few days towards the very end of our process. I think Keith has done something similar. Uh, and it's definitely possible, but it's uh, <laughs> it's quite an achievement. Let's see how John feels about it and how Keith responds. So he, John says, did I read that right? You can learn 100 characters per day. So how much time per character? Just curious. I had another Mandarin Blueprint student say something similar. I just can't fathom that. So then Keith responds, in short, yes. However, let me put it another way that makes it seem ridiculously easy whilst giving a more realistic idea of the actual level of proficiency in a day. Bearing in mind that each individual must adapt to the various aspects of challenge in these processes according, in accordance with favoring, in my opinion, their strengths, at least at first. Here below is my own fundamental process apart from how I engage the innumerable in-between quote-unquote subtleties of making associations. Step one, Beginning with a new level, simply write each character down once or two to three times to get it right if needed. Also, write the pinion and the English next to it for easy reference later. 
That's 50 characters per level, give or take a few. It's important to do this for just the selections of a single level, since they have been arranged by Lucanfield to be in optimal order and similarity for learning. While writing them down, this is the second point here, some associations will inevitably occur to you without effort, although nothing really comprehensive. That's fine. Maybe the beginning of the Hansa scene will tease out, but no need to focus on it yet. This takes less than an hour. Easy. Step two, set that single page of notes aside. It should easily fit onto the side of one sheet of paper. I used college rule paper and had two columns of characters, pinyin, English. Write small. Use a very fine pen. Step three, take a break. Step four, review that sheet of notes, taking more time to mentally consider the hands scene. Most important is to fix upon the actor and setting. After that, use whatever works best for you, but try to be brief and give each scene only bare bones consideration. 30 to 45 seconds and move to the next. I think limiting your time here is a really good idea that uh, Keith is doing. Limit your time. Um, so, and even if you don't quite make it, you know, just move on. Um, I think that's, that's very interesting. So this takes about 30 to 45 minutes to do that, that part. And then step five, take another break. Unsuspend those cards on Anki and review them together as one session without interference from other cards, vocabulary, sentence, etc. Uh, we have different types of cards in the course. Um, if you haven't done your review of other cards for the day yet, finish that before starting the new level. As you go through this new level of characters on Anki, some of your brief scenes will reveal themselves to have already been effective and some not. Regardless, you will get to see each card twice and each character and opinion and, and English four times total as there are hands opinion English cards as well as opinion English to hands cards as production and comprehension, two types of cards on the same note piece of information. You always have the option to select again on your Anki if you need to continue recycling a card before getting it correct or close enough by your judgment. This takes another 30 minutes or so. Step six, congratulations, you have reviewed each character at least six times by now and have written it down at least once. Now knowing full well in your mind that you have an initial grasp of every aspect of the character. Repeated reviews will continue to reveal things to your attention, how to tweak your associations. Total time with breaks, two hours to two and a half hours. Yes, it makes for a longer study day to do this twice, of course, about five hours, but it's not too mentally draining and haven't broken the steps down a bit. You can easily imagine doing three levels a day this way or four. The final observation here is, and how effective would it be in tomorrow's review? If you take your time with your flashcard reviews the next day, you should find your attention at least 85 to 95%. If you try to rush your Anki reviews, it will of course lower your apparent retention. So first, just before I forget, there's two key points that uh, Keith has uh, noted here. Um, first of all, whilst learning, don't spend too much time on one piece of information. Just free just relax and uh, spend a limited amount of time learning each new character and you can also apply this technique to words i assume um, spend 30 seconds 45 seconds maybe a minute maximum once you've done that whatever you come up with doesn't matter just move on to the next thing and you can always come back later just come up with the best thing you can you'll come up with something right some sort of 
uh, movie scene and then move on. I think it's an important thing to do rather than try and make the scene perfect in that moment, which a lot of people do. I, I even did the same thing whilst learning this at first. But as I got good at it and I started to master it, I became more blasé with it, actually. And Keith has done the same. So that's one key point. Do not spend, in the initial learning process, do not spend too much time and energy obsessing over all the details. Let the flashcards do the work for you. And that's the second point. Um, once you actually go to review the first, second time, um, let your flashcards tell you where your scenes need improvement because you won't be able to answer that part of the question, right? So you're like, okay, well, I remembered what the character means, I, but I can't remember the positions of the props. I remember everything else. I remember the actor, the scene, the props, everything. But I can't remember whether this was on the left or was it on the right. Okay, do you know what you need to do? Spend 10 seconds, go into your movie scene and make that position of the several props clearer, more obvious. It takes 10 seconds. Uh, and then um, hit wrong. And then that will come up again in you know a few minutes time. And then when it comes up again, do you remember where the things are? Great. Uh, and that's how you do your first reviews of the characters you just learned. Um, so I think that's two very important points to take into to take in from Keith's uh, reports here so far that definitely worked for Phil and I. So don't spend too much time initially on creating the scene. Just make it simple. Keep it simple. That's something we always say. Uh, don't spend too much time. And then with the first or second reviews, that's the, those are the vital reviews. And immediately review. That's also key immediately do your first review of the characters once your session is over um, fix any major issues and then wait till tomorrow and fix further issues um, if you do that early nip it in the bud you won't have long-term issues with your characters um, yeah and take your take your time with the reviews make sure you're really reviewing you're not just sort of uh perfunctorily going through and clicking through yeah, yeah, sort of remember that make sure that you actually do the review required so it asks you to write the character can you write it really try delve back into your scene um and correct any issues next he says personally my subsequent subsequent reviews averaged around 13 seconds per card and 92% retention. At which point I remember, I'm sorry, I recommend you consider how to reduce the time per card while increasing the accuracy. Best example of this is the with the minimal pairs deck with a simple phoneme like sa versus da. I was fairly good at these cards from the get-go, yet with practice I was able to reduce my time to below two seconds per card with 99% accuracy. At about that threshold of pace and accuracy, my brain started to wire for automatic automaticity. I've never heard that word. <laughs> and now I have an almost completely automatic and accurate pinion in a mental subtitle, pacing along with everything I listen to. My goal now is to try and discover similar automaticity threshold levels for both the, the forward and reverse processes of the two types of vocab cards. Good luck. So thanks, Keith, for taking the time to write that message to answer John. Um, and, you know, it's, it's also insightful for us as well because I've got, there's a lot of things because Keith is a, you know, he's an academic, obviously, 
and um, he has specialized in test preparation like how to pass exams basically that's kind of his level of one of his levels of expertise so he's obviously adept at figuring out hacks to become more efficient to making the learning and uh, uh, regurgitation process re uh, recall process more uh, efficient and effective and he's doing a lot of things that other people including myself have done but he's able to uh, articulate and experiment with these different things so that's a unique thing to Keith I think and I, I'd really appreciate Keith uh, um, getting in touch and giving us any more little hacks or tips because this is great I think I might use some of this um, for a video earlier on in the course for people so well done Keith thanks a lot and next is Bubu on level 12 Phase two complete. I've been enthusiastically doing my flashcard reviews on a daily basis with 200 words with ease. Is this a normal figure for most? I find that I could do much more, but I'm not sure or familiar with how Anki works best. I do have the capacity to do more. Please advise how I can revise everything. Not all the cards appear for review, though. I tend to hit more of the blue and the green, which basically means easy and good. So that makes the next review take longer to come up. I also find that um, I tend to skip the movie review when I can instantly recognize a word or character. Is this normal? Uh, or do I go through the movie in my head? So I want to put this in as well because, again, a lot of people would, I think, have these questions and have had these questions before. Um, and the simple answer is for, well, for the first question, which is, you know, am I doing enough reviews? It's like, well, if you're asking that question, probably not because uh, you're probably you could do more, you want to do more, you're probably bored by your level that you're doing. 200 is quite a lot, but he said, he said with ease. So if you're doing 200 with ease, you should definitely increase that. If you have the time and the energy and the inclination, do it, uh, learn more. The, the key to reviews uh, and how much you take on is what gets you into flow state most often. <clears throat> flow state is essentially where you're not bored and you're not stressed you're just in the moment enjoying uh well i mean it don't necessarily have to be pleasurable but it's it's definitely something where you're not you're not in displeasure you know you're not you're 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 in the moment you're just reviewing it and you're into it um you want to be able to take on enough workload where you can maintain that that uh state as long as possible um so yeah i would increase them but if you're feeling like oh man you're looking at your flashcards you know oh, i've got 500 reviews today oh no then it's time to reduce how many new cards you're taking on each day um is it a normal figure i don't know exactly what's a normal figure uh, but it sounds about right yeah 100 to 200 sounds about right but we haven't done like tests on that or anything like that we always we're very free we we you know we ask you to follow our guidelines how to learn but in terms of how much you learn we let you go at completely your own pace we don't make any judgments on that um <clears throat> yeah and uh, the reason why cards aren't appearing is because you're, they're easy for you and if cards are easy for you we don't want to see them that's the whole point right we want to get them away from us we want to focus on the hard ones that's that's what makes these the space repetition software so efficient 
Um, yeah, and if you can instantly recognize a character or word, if it, that's what you're required to do with that particular card, then yeah, skip it. Don't worry about the movie scene. Like I said earlier in the, in, in this uh, podcast, the the scenes are just bridges to your long-term memory. And once you're there, you have that long-term memory, drop the scene. You know, they'll always be there somewhere in the back of your mind. You can access them later if you need to. But uh, yeah, you're, you're absolutely doing it 100% right. Um, so well done. Next is Jesse Johnson on uh, level two complete. He says, just wanted to drop a note and say how much I'm enjoying the method. Thanks, Jesse. Luke and Phil have really created something special and I hope you both feel very proud of your work. I'm certainly very appreciative of all the time and care you obviously put into this. Thank you very much. I'm kind of introverted, so I don't comment often, but whenever I come up with something unique, I'll try to share that so that uh, maybe others can benefit as I have as I have from all the wonderful suggestions in the community. Thank you, everyone. And that's, yeah, that's great, great to hear. Uh, I really appreciate you challenging your introverted nature and and saying hi um and you're doing the right thing you know because that's that will help other people with similar situations also say hi and it's like it's a really nice chain reaction that you get um and that's what the benefit i guess of having a nice friendly warm community which is what we are developing here and it's great to see so thank you uh, jesse and please do comment as often as you can we always like to hear from everyone so yeah that's all the emails and comments just general comments we've had this week let's jump into a few um living links is a vocabulary mnemonic so people would give their suggestions on how to learn words using cool mnemonics it's not quite as detailed or uh, intense as our uh, memory palace techniques for learning characters they're much more relaxed um and uh, they can, it, it, it just involves coming up with a simple link uh, and maybe, well, de not maybe, definitely coming up with an image to go with it. Uh, and that's how you learn uh, compound words, words made up of more than one character. Um, so let's jump in and you'll see what I mean. So Brennan Pimpinella on Vocab Unlocked for zi, han zi, <laughs> just says, Hey, finally made it to the Hanzi, the word for Chinese character in the Hanzi movie method. So that's what we call it, the Hanzi movie method, which um, for people that don't know what Hanzi means, maybe isn't the best name because <laughs> people are Hanzi, Hanzi movie method. What's a Hanzi? Um, but for people in, in the know, I think it's a pretty cool name. Um, <clears throat> sorry, we got, <laughs> we got criticized. On, uh, on some forum a while back, some guy was like, I don't like that name. And I was like, yeah, fuck. I, I can understand people not liking it. <laughs> but Phil and I are fans. Hands of movie method. And if anyone, you know, if, if the consensus is that, you know, that's not a good name, well, Phil came up with it, so it's his fault. Um, and if it's a good name, we, we came up with it as a team. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so hands. Whilst we're on this, we might as well come up with a, a vocab mnemonic as well, because uh, Brennan was just like, "Yay, I made it!" But let's let's come up with a vocab mnemonic. It's one of those where it's just so straightforward. Don't even need to, which is probably why Brennan didn't bother, because Han means Chinese. You know the well. Let's say Han means the um, the. 
the, the dominant uh, ethnicity of Chinese people, the Han Chinese. Um, of course, there are, I think it was 52, is it 52 or 54? It's 50 something uh, different ethnicities within China. Um, and the Han is by, by, by far the most common uh, ethnicity you'll find. So Han, the, 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 the characters, the alphabet of the Chinese people, they, yeah, so it's, it's kind of just obvious. Uh, so I would maybe just come up with, just write down your favorite Chinese character, find a nice calligraphy of that, uh, like a calligraphic image of that and just put that in your cards. What's your favorite one? What might be a good idea is looking up the character Biang, which is a sound that you probably haven't heard. Uh, Biang, I believe it's first tone, where it is the officially the character, the simplified character with the most strokes. Uh, so just look that up, B-I-A-N-G, Biang, it's a type of noodle. Uh, so that might be a good one to put in. Uh, or just put in, you know, just do a Google search for uh, the Chinese character with the most uh, strokes, and you'll see it. It's pretty intense. <laughs> I can't write it. Um, so yeah, so that is. A, I think that's that'll be a good one for you. Try that. Next is uh, Alfred Hong on vocab unlocked for Mei, and there's a few words here, but he's gone with Tong Lai Mei. So we've got Mei Shema, Mei Guanxi, and Tong Lai Mei. So Tong Lai Mei, I was wondering for some time what image I could use here. Tong Lai Mei means never have ever <laughs> in the past. Tong Lai Mei, as I ended up using an image from Men in Black where Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones' characters are wiping someone's memory. That's good. You never saw us. Tong Lai Mei kan Yeah, that's actually a very, very, very cool one. Mei Guan Xi. We've actually already done this uh, word, so I won't bother with the other ones there I did, that in, I did that in my last podcast i believe but uh, well done alfred next is chris lewis on vocab unlocked for chuang as in bed qi chuang to get up as in specifically to to get up out of bed in the morning after waking up this sounds like cheat cheech and chong an old tv series from the 80s yeah i've sort of heard of that i haven't personally seen it um but Qi Chuang uh, is, I believe there's always a reference you can find to to getting up out of bed. I think that's something that I would personally just search for, just directly put in Qi Chuang or to get up out of bed. And, uh, uh, or like think of some, there's got to be some like movie rest reference. There's an old cornflakes advert. Just, d d I've really got strongly in my head. It's just about this guy who's a paper boy and he's, and the, 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 it's just one of those adverts that always stuck in my head where he's like, he's in bed. He's like, I love my bed. Um, and the only thing that gets me up in the morning is cornflakes. <laughs> so that's what I might go for. I might go for that, that cornflakes advert if I could find it. Um, but uh, I'm sure you'll find a good reference to that. It's such a gen generic, common idea. Next is uh, Chris Lewis again on uh, Vocab Unlocked for Fan Ying. I actually like this one quite a lot. So Fan Ying means uh, reaction, uh, response. And he says, sounds like fanning. Fanning. When it's really hot outside, the reaction is to uh, to the heat is to fan yourself. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. It's a good way to, um, uh, yeah, 
yeah, it's, that's, that's a good one. That's good enough for me. Um, might want to connect to the characters as well. Um, so, well, the characters, if you look at them, if you know what the characters mean, it's actually very straightforward as well. Um, so uh, delve into that if you want. Uh, but I think just coming up with an image um, relating to some sort of reaction to something as Chris Scott would be more than enough. Cornel Snowett on vocabulary unlocked for Nung. So we've got Nung Li and Ke Nung. <laughs> and he's got a poem. This is the first for me. I haven't seen this one, this, this, this kind of one yet. Uh, a poem uh, for Nung Li. And he says, does Bruce Lee have Nung Li? And of course, the answer is yes. <laughs> and again, Nung Li is uh, very like the way the characters are arranged. Very obvious, straightforward. Um, Nung is able, and Li is power, power ability. Right? It's no, just ability. Um, it's, it's pretty straightforward there. Um, Ke Nung is also very straightforward where the characters are concerned. Um, they just sort of. It's a natural mnemonic, the way they go together. Um, so, kunung means possible or possibly. So, what's what could possibly happen in the near future? Search for it. <laughs> um, what is possible? What is not possible? So, you could maybe have someone walking through a wall. This is not kunung, but you could have... But you could also, I guess it could be both actually, because technically, according to quantum physics, <laughs> so I've heard, you know, it's possible to walk through a wall. Uh, just based on probability, it's never going to happen, of course, but it's technically possible if all of the, the molecules in your body lined up with the molecules in the wall or something. Don't quote me on that, right? I'm not. But it doesn't matter if that's actually true, what I just said, because I've heard of it, so it's, it's, it's a memory of mine. So I could still use that. I could find that Ewan McGregor movie, Men Who Talk With Goats. It's all, there's a references to going through walls and he runs through the wall at the end of the movie or the X-Man uh, character. You know, something that's just like an example of a, a connection you could have there. And next is Kim Thomas, vocab unlocked for E. And there's a ton of words unlocked here. So we've got E, which means meaning. Jie, Tong Yi. 有意思,没意思,不好意思,注意,做生意,意外. Um, and I, I'll have a go. All right, I'll have a go at doing all of these off the top of my head right now. Uh, but first, let's go with Kim Thomas's one. So, 有意思 literally has meaning. All right, so that's another one that is just very obvious. So something's interesting. That's what 有意思 means. It has meaning to it. I used Jason Lightfoot, a British YouTuber who calls himself aka Mr. Yoisa, among other names. Oh, nice. Okay, that works for me. Uh, well, it actually doesn't work for me because I don't know who that guy is. <laughs> but I'm saying I approve of your connection. Um, but I would, for Yoisa, just generally interesting, I would have a detective with a uh, magnifying glass. Hmm interesting that, that's the connection that i immediately come up with for that um isa itself uh it, it's made up of meaning and thought si is to think and uh, to have meaning i guess we have to as human beings prescribe meaning to it by using our thoughts so 
E, it has to have meaning in the first place, like objectively, right? This is, by the way, I'm not a philosopher. I'm not that smart. So <laughs> this is just, but the point is, as long as I make the connection for myself, then it works. Even if I'm completely wrong, even if I'm talking absolute nonsense, still works because <laughs> the connection is there in my mind. And the same goes for you. Don't don't ever second guess yourself. Like, is this actually true? Doesn't matter. It's the same with your movie scenes. Can Nicole Kidman actually fly? No, <laughs> but she's going to fly in your scene, and that's going to help you remember the character. It's going to get you to the goal. Okay, so let's go back. <laughs> let's go back to this. E uh, is meaning. So meaning has to exist inherently in something, and then we think about it, and that's what creates uh, meaning. Like that's what sort of creates the meaning for us. It's kind of like you could say, I think, therefore I am. You could connect it to that, I suppose. I'm reaching a little bit there. But uh, I think that would be enough to go on or at least maybe I get the picture of the, the thinking man. Um, maybe he's can, maybe he could do a bit, bit meta. And the thinking man is actually considering the mnemonic for this particular word. <laughs> so next we have jie yi. So jie yi means to mind. As in, do you mind if I... Do you mind? Um, so for this one, we have to look at the, the characters a little bit. So jie, we've uh, chosen as it introduce. But one of the common meanings that we could use um, for this one is to be situated in between. Uh, that's the more accurate meaning of it. Um, as in like, I'm between these two people, so I'm going to introduce them. Jie right? Um, and another common meaning is uh, to take seriously to mind. So it actually carries that meaning of to mind. Um, but let's go with the idea of introduce, let's say, like between two things, introduce, introducing them. Um, to introduce meaning. So it's like this, you know, sitting here actually has no meaning. It doesn't, doesn't matter, right? But if I mind... If it bothers me for some reason, like, for example, it's actually my seat, I have a ticket for this seat, then I do jie yi. I will introduce meaning into this situation and I will bring up a problem that I have about it and I will, <laughs> me and you will maybe have a, an issue, right? So I think that's a sort of a good, decent enough connection to the two characters there. And then, of course, for the image, just come up with something that, that you mind, right? Something that bothers you. For some reason, I think of Jie Yi, I think of Mr. Bean. He's always doing really annoying things that make people mind a lot. Uh, so I would just basically come up with, well, just any Mr. Bean episode. Um, just just get an image of Mr. Bean doing anything, pretty much. <laughs> He's always going to be annoying someone. Um or just the idea of someone looking over, like <clears throat> looking past their newspaper, just mm, that, that, that kind of sticks out for me as well. Tong yi, um, like to agree, is to have the same meaning with someone else. So yeah, this is where yi is interesting. It has like sort of very broad definition. But yeah, we could, we could just stick to meaning for now. Um, so if you have the same meaning, so you can actually get someone ag agreeing, um, you know, you get like, grammar Nazis and things like that, people saying, oh, excuse me, you should actually, this word doesn't mean this, you should use it in this way. You could actually have the idea of uh, two nerds high-fiving. Because <laughs> like, we have the same, 
we agree on the meaning. We agree this word has the same meaning, so we're not going to be grammar Nazis with each other. <laughs> this is all off the top of my head, right? I'm prepared for this, so it's not that like, it works for me. All right, so the idea of same meaning. Can you think of any other any other usages for that particular uh, phrase? Yo, um, so we've already covered that one uh, with uh, yeah, like to some just something interesting. Uh, detective maze but that kind of is so obvious so like, like there is no meaning isn't it? it's like it's the opposite of interesting uh maze it's like that's completely uninteresting <sighs> i just immediately thought of the character from futurama that prop pops up every now and then if anyone has watched futurama you probably know exactly what i'm going to say the um the beige people the bland i can't remember what they're called now but there are these people this race of aliens that have no emotion and like it's just really funny they're, they're, like, they're like their whole world's about to be destroyed and he's like tell my wife i said hello <laughs> just so i just get a picture of that guy's straight face that'd be great Yes. So this is a very common phrase. Something's um awkward, you haven't you're not sort of fulfilling your role as a person in China. You're you're uh <clears throat> you're losing face, you're yeah, or maybe you just you know, you bump into someone, uh, you do something you shouldn't do and you, you want to say sorry. We're very good at that in England. We just say sorry, 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 sorry for everything. So when you want to say that sort of a mild sorry, where you haven't really bothered anyone too much, you haven't uh, they don't dare ye too much what you've done. Um, you can say, you don't need to say, is for when you're really, really sorry. So, is actually a bad meaning. So, there's a, there's a meaning in the air that's, that's bad between us. And I need to say, is like a spell to dispel this meaning so that we don't have this awkwardness or embarrassment between us. Okay. So, yes, yeah, what's something you just say? Um, so you could come up with something that would be good in that situation. What would you say in that situation? You'd say like trying to get past someone. That's a really good one. Excuse me. Sorry. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get past. So uh, the idea of two people being stuck, like, you know, when you get, <laughs> when like, you're trying to pass someone. Um, and, uh, you sort of keep going the same way you do this for ages <laughs> you have like awkward smiles that might be a good image because that's very emotionally has a lot of emotional content um chui means to uh to focus on right? to notice to attention as well uh and literally it's made up of poor meaning so when you pour meaning into something you like you imagine you're pouring meaning into something with your eyes you know that's, that's where your meaning comes from right it's what you focus on with your eyes so to pour meaning into something is to focus on it that works for me and then you could get uh, that scene from the matrix with the woman in the red dress yeah and then yeah that works for me that's just like popped into my head straight away where that woman is designed to distract you so that you focus on it so Neo doesn't see the agent right next to him. Um, yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's just anything that comes that 
I think that's a pretty easy concept to find an image for, isn't it? To focus on something. Uh, a watched pot never boils, right? So someone watching a cooking pot, very bored. Um, and you can actually pour water in a cooking pot. Maybe you could come up with something that's like, hmm, that could also work. So yi is business, literally to birth meaning. So when you create a business, you're giving birth to uh, meaning. <laughs> so to zuo sheng yi. Um, that's actually a very interesting phrase in there, business as sheng yi, to create meaning. I guess you could think of like, you know, some sort of, when you have an innovation, an idea, it doesn't really mean anything, but when you create a business and you sell that idea, um, you're, you're birthing that meaning into existence. So to zuo sheng yi is to do that, is to, to do business. Um, so just come up with a picture of any businessman, that'll be fine. The last one here is yi wai. Now this is... Um, I would say, for me personally, this is the hardest one on the list um, because it, it really caught, you kind of need to bring in another definition of E because outside of meaning, because EY means accident, right? Oh, they had an EY. Fashionly EY, right? So something out of an accident, basically. So literally, it's made up of the characters meaning outside, outside of meaning doesn't quite work so you have to sort of look into other meanings for meaning right it's for e another key meaning is of desire um you know uh what uh, your desire wish intention so if something happens outside of your desire or intention that's that's a very good definition of accident so um that would work and then of course for the actual image come up with something where you know some, some, something's fallen on someone's head or just there's a minor accident that's happened and that will work fine. Next we've got Jeff Johnson on Vocab Unlock for Liang, Liang Ge. He says, I was searching for a good mental image to go with this and came across a match set of dueling pistols. I thought it was very interesting for this word. Yeah, I also, um, dueling pistols, I, I watched uh, The Count of Monte Cristo for the first time. It was uh, the one with uh, Jim Caviezel and uh, what's his name, the other British actor. It's really good, <laughs> really good. And there's a lot of dueling with swords that happens in that. So I, I, that for me, because that's kind of fresh in my mind, I would choose two, two guys with swords, like uh, a sword fight. But uh, it's just as effective. Uh, so I like that, something to do with battling between two people. Um, that works really well, uh, yeah. Any, any other ideas, do comment below. Next is uh, Rick, vocab unlocked for cheng. So we've got wan cheng, cheng zhang. So wan cheng means to complete, cheng zhang means to grow up, to grow. Bian uh, cheng means to turn into, to change into, and cheng wei means to become, and cheng ren is adult. Wan cheng, he says, now I can understand the sentence that is recited in every Asimil lesson. <laughs> and which could also be said about each MB grammar building closed card. Finish the sentence. I think that's actually very good because you could, for the image for this word, you could just get a picture of your closed delete, one of your closed delete sentences. Um, finish this sentence. That works really well. It's kind of meta as well. I, kind of like, I like that a lot. Cheng uh, um, to become and grow means grow. 
Um, so obviously a plant, you know, so or a butterfly, something like that, or just a kid growing up. You know, it's very simple. Bien tongue change into that would actually be better as a butterfly. It's more about specifically change rather than growth. So to change into, um, or you could you know, come up with animorphs or, or something like that. Um, Tongwei and same kind of thing really to become just means to become and if you look at the characters it's very simple it's a Tongwei to become um, but Tongwei for me it's uh, in terms of usage it's more like uh, oh, I want to become a doctor or I want to you know when are you becoming a man you know something like that it's not literally growing up like growing bigger changing shape necessarily Tongwei is more like uh, it's more abstract it's more like oh I'm going to become something like a job uh, so that just go for that maybe someone studying um, and then Chengren uh, is adult right so just uh, I'll leave that one to your imagination whatever whatever adults do specifically or maybe a kid dressed as an adult I'm thinking of uh, what's that sh the movie I watched I watched it so many times when I was a kid the little rascals yeah not the original but like the movie that came out in like the, the 90s oh, I've watched that so many times so they, they dress up as an adult at one point these two kids on top of each other on their shoulders and they, they've got a big coat on so I, would, I would maybe go for that <laughs> just because it's funny um, but that's all that's all that's a, this is a lot of um, vocab today but no um uh, movies we're actually going to stop doing those for now um because well we, i think we've just done enough of those and the course is full of them thanks to you guys and we just for now we're just going to stop doing them we might bring them back later on if we have popular request for them but i think uh we've now uh have, we've now done that you know enough but i um, happy to continue with these vocab living links i think they're awesome uh, thank you guys for all your messages as usual this week. It's been it's been great to to hear from you, and please do send more. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, I often say this. You know, if you listened all this way, <laughs> you you uh, you haven't turned this off, but you haven't also tried our course. You should probably do that. Um, we have a 14 day free trial at the moment. You can access the entire course. So it's like, at the moment, there's like four and a half thousand lessons and you're you know free to explore however much you want and obviously you won't be able to get through all that in 14 days but uh you can explore it all at your heart's content thank you very much guys uh, i'll see you in a couple of weeks bye bye